Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick, and apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. All right, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Husband! Wife! Do you know what today is? Well, we just finished our wrap-up, which means that we might be on the very last episode that we're going to be doing for the Song of Solomon. Okay, and what Wait, episode is that? I don't, I don't know. What episode is that? Well, you would say it's contradictions. I would. It would be. I would say it's contradictions. I would say you're always wrong. Yeah, except for today's going to be slightly different with our format because there weren't a lot of direct contradictions. The whole book itself is a contradiction. It is. It is. Um, so we have a. It's going to be a little bit different today. But you're still always wrong. I. Well, that's debatable. 
<laughs> uh, speaking of always being wrong, though, I do have a correction to throw out okay. from our last episode, which was the wrap up. Mm-hmm. And at some point in that episode, you had mentioned the Church of Latter Day Saints, mm-hmm. and I said Jehovah Witnesses after you said that, and you I was did. completely fucking wrong. You were. It is not Jehovah Witnesses. It is Mormon. Yeah. And I apologize for that. I don't know where my brain was. I know the difference. I just fucked up. So, and once you say it, and and it, I didn't, I, I already fucked it up. I, I was doing the notes on it, and I was like, wait, aren't those the Mormons? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I screwed that up. Sorry, guys. Oopsie. That being said, are you ready to go ahead and get into this uh, Contradictions episode? Sure am. All right, let's do it. Okie dokie. Okay, so we are going to get into this You're Always Wrong Okay. with our first and only um, specific straight-up question where you get to pick and be wrong. Oh, okay. No matter what you just, pick. Just one, though. Just one. Okay. That's all I could specifically come up with. Okay, all right. Is it okay to use perfume, yes or no? Um, I'm going to go with yes for two reasons, because it is, mm-hmm. and also because Song of Solomon seemed to use it a lot. Right, 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 exactly. So, so you're right. Um, in Proverbs, ointment and perfume rejoice the heart. Mm, okay. Esther used it to impress the king. Right. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about her later. Okay. And then Song of Solomon says, yeah, I, I'm a beautiful bitch, and I rose up to open to my beloved and my hands dripped with myrrh and my fingers were sweet smelling upon the handles of the lock. Yeah. So she was dripping with it. Yeah. Yay. But guess what? What? You're always wrong. Fuck. Because no, of course it's not. Yeah. Because it says way back, way back in Exodus, Mm -hmm. as for the perfume which thou shalt make, ye shall not make to yourselves. It shall be unto thee holy for the Lord. (laughs) So only whores wear perfume. It's only for God. Got okay? it. Okay. God is a whore. I don't understand why God needs perfer- perfume. He's a whore. I yeah. literally just said that. Oh, he is. He is. He totally is. Yeah. He's a man I, whore. I, I just went, I thought that one without saying. That's all. Wow. You're always wrong. <laughs> so next, I thought we would get into the focus of um, this book, Song of Solomon. Right. I, so my, let me, can you mind if I say something no, real quick? So we we debated over how we were going to do this episode because there was only one direct contradiction. And we were talking about it and how we felt like the entire book itself Mm -hmm. is somewhat of a contradiction to what we've read in the Bible thus far. Right. So it it was bothering us that we couldn't come up with contradictions because we're like... No, but there's something fucking wrong here. Yeah. And so we, we that, that's why this is coming out late. Mm-hmm. Because it took us some time to figure out what we wanted to say and how we wanted to say it. I needed more direction, quite honestly. Like, I'll take the hit on this. Because <laughs> we have a format. We have a guide that we use for these episodes. Right. And I go there and I compare the questions to what we've read thus far. And I prepare the format and then that's it. And it might take me... You know, 45 minutes to an hour, sometimes less if I'm, you know, really quick about it. Sure. And and there it is. But with this, I couldn't do that. Right. And there was no yes or no, true or false, whatever. Yeah. You know? So it's going to be more of a discussion. And I I don't deal well with not knowing what I'm looking for. <laughs> so, 
So I, again, like I said, I'll take the hit on why we're running late. I needed more guidance. I needed to know what, how are we doing this? What are we right. looking for? Yeah. And it took us some time to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. here we are. Here we are. And the book itself is a fucking contradiction. It really is. So part of that is because the focus is different in this book than it is in the rest of what we've read so far, or indeed the Old Testament as a whole. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, the Song of Songs is a collection of love poems, erotic ones, Yes, yes. that celebrate the physical and emotional intimacy between a man and a woman. And that is completely in stark contrast to the rest of the Old Testament, which primarily focuses on God's relationship with the Israelites. Yes. So Now, it depends on how you... I mean, just, just to take it back to something we discussed in our wrap-up, mm-hmm. there is some talk about how this is a relation... Like, the Song of Solomon is a relationship between God and Israel. But those are, let's pretend, allegories that sure. people have decided that that's how to interpret it. Right, and we decided that it doesn't read that way at all. But it doesn't matter if it reads that way at all, because the fact of the matter is, if you read the other ones, it is specifically straightforward about God speaking to the people or the people recording history of this is what happened. Right, right straightforward this book does not do that and that is how itself right there it is a contradiction to what we've read so far true true so that's what i'm getting into okay the, all right the fact that it might be an allegory and that you can interpret it different ways like that is completely beside the point okay in my to me yeah. in my opinion right in the way i'm preparing this sure no i agree okay um one might say with the other ones you didn't have to do that Right. So yeah, that in itself, how you read that it. That puts it separate right there, right there by itself. Exactly. The Song of Songs does not contain any explicit references to God or to religious or moral teachings. Right. Like it has nothing to do with that. Right. And of course, this is in contrast to the rest of the Old Testament, which is full of laws, commandments, stories, history. These are all designed to teach people how to live a righteous life. I would say even some, at some points they inserted God into places where... Mm-hmm. It didn't feel comfortable or it didn't feel right. Like mm-hmm. they made sure it was in there. Editors came back along later yeah. and, and did that. And right. you could tell based on the style of the writing. And it was pointed out when we looked it up later. Yeah. That they made sure to put some God in there. Right. But this one specifically this one did has not. none of that. None of that. And the Song of Songs is simply a celebration of human love. Right. Like if you're just reading it straightforward and not trying to guess that it's an allegory. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? Right. It's simply a celebration of human love and it does not attempt to impose any religious or moralistic agenda on the reader. It's not a historical reference. As, as a matter of fact, we learned that it probably was opera performance. Yeah. Like basically a screenplay. Yeah. You know? Right. So that again sets it apart. Yeah. The absence of God is definitely mm-hmm. a notable thing from this book. The, the absence of God is the point of it. Everything about this book is just like, what are you doing in this? Why are you here? <laughs> the Song of Songs is one of the few books in the Bible that celebrates the female body. Yes. And that was weird to read. It really Very weird. Not that it bothers us on a personal level, but it bothers us as context for the rest of the Bible that we've read thus far. Mm-hmm. And it does not feel... Fit. Like this did At not all. fit where it went. Like this, it's just not. I, I guess my best word for it would be it's not acceptable with in in context to the rest of the Bible. Right. It's like Bible pick a lane. 
Right. Yeah. You know, kind of like one might tell Lauren Boebert, are you family matters or are you a hoe? Pick a lane. <laughs> you know, we, we want to understand you better. Yeah. Right. So in the rest of the Old Testament, women are often portrayed as being subordinate to men. Right. Definitely. definitely. And in the Song of Songs, conversely, the woman is the equal to the man and her beauty is praised in lavish terms. Right. Okay. Right. So we're going to get into a little bit of that more. Sure. That is where the way women are represented here versus the rest of the Bible, in addition to the focus of the book itself, yeah. is where we'll find a lot of the contradiction. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. So let's start off with sexual violence against women. Okay. And before I do that, actually, I want to say I referenced this excellent, excellent article from the Jewish Women's Archive that I will link because it was so interesting. It talked so much about how women are represented in the Old Testament. And I really feel like it's a great supplemental read to this discussion. Sure. And I plan to utilize the Jewish Women's Archive more in the future going forward because it's just a great trove of information. Okay, yeah. So I just wanted to put that out there that that's where I got a lot of my information. Got it, okay. So let's talk about early on when Dinah was raped by Sheshem. Yes. Do you remember that? I do. And that was the prince of the city with the same name and that was way back in Genesis. Yeah. And Dinah's brother took that assault as a matter of family honor. Like, right. they were upset that she got raped, but it was more about them and their feelings Yeah, than about their sister. Sure. You know? Wasn't this the one where they circumcised the other yes. clan and then killed them all? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, They took that opportunity to massacre all the inhabitants of the town. Yeah. So it was, again, less about Dinah and what happened to her than it was the impetus for them to murder an entire town full of people and chop up their dicks. Right. You know? Yeah. It, was, so, it was about the family honor more so than the actual woman. And exactly. The that exactly. And this gets into something that's often discussed in literature and movies, which I don't know if you would be familiar with this principle, but it's using the rape of a woman as the impetus, the turning point of a story. Like okay. we're basically committing a violence onto a woman purely to move a story. Got it. And Got it. it's a trope that okay. is frowned upon more now than, say, even 20 years ago. Okay. Um, you know, with women's movements and Me Too movements and all of that. Yeah. Bringing into the forefront of our attention that, hey, you know what? Let's do less of that. Let's have less utilizing women and their bodies and harm onto them to move stories. Right. So that's what that was. Got like, it. Right into that trope. Yeah. Might be the, you know, first time of that trope, one might say, early days. At least one of the first, anyway. Yeah. So back in Judges, and I remember this is one that actually I think made me cry. Okay. Back in Judges, a host offers to throw the women in his household out into the street where a pack of men are intent on raping the male visitor. Yeah, I almost recall it maybe being his daughters in place of the angel and the yeah. whoever else was there. Yes. Yeah. And one of the women who was never named is gang raped, killed, and mutilated. Right. And parts of her body were sent off to various people. Yeah. Now, some people might point out that that was done by heathens and people that God did not like. But the people that threw her out, to have that done to her, 
they were, were supposedly godly people. Yeah, they were the righteous. Right. The righteous people threw out a woman to have this happen to them rather than the guest. Yeah, and keep in, in mind... Order, in order to avoid homosexuality and the rape of a man. Right, and, and keep in mind there was a fucking angel there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know about how much power an angel has, but it would seem that it could probably handle whatever was outside that fucking right. door. Right, and this act in itself led to a civil war among all the tribes of Israel. Got it. So, you know, it wasn't exactly... Yeah. It wasn't without further recrimination. And once again, harm onto a woman is what was the pivotal point of moving the story forward. Sure. Yeah. So. Right. Problematic. Definitely problematic. In 1 Samuel, when one of David's sons, Amnon, rapes his half-sister Tamar, a feud among the brothers ensues, and Amnon is ultimately killed by his brother Absalom. Right. And that was in 1 Samuel. So... Do you remember that? I do, I do. Again, a woman is raped, and here we go, right? right. So the reason I'm bringing these up, and these aren't anything to do with what we're reading now. It's just, I feel it's very important to bring these up as women being harmed. Women being harmed to move a story forward, and yet here we're reading in Song of Songs, and we're supposed to believe what? Women are equals. Right. And I'm like, no, you're not going to gaslight me like that. You're not going to do that to me. Yeah. No, they're fucking not. Well, and I, I don't know if this is in your list of things about rape, but I do remember early on when, who was it? It was somebody was going into Egypt with their wife. It might, I think it was Isaac, actually, or Abraham or whatever. Abraham was going into Egypt with his wife, uh, Sarah, I Sarah. think. And they acted like she was his sister so mm-hmm. that he wouldn't get in trouble and maybe Be- killed. Because she was so beautiful and they knew that the um, pharaoh would want her. Right. So they basically offered her up as a possible rape victim so that the toy. male wouldn't be killed. Killed. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I I think what we're getting at here at some level is that women weren't really respected. They were... Belongings. Belongings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That people would, would definitely stand up for, mm-hmm. but only insofar as it hurt their own image. Right. So, right. Their own image or their own body or their own honor. Right. And it definitely was not an equal footing and it was not a respectful behavior towards women in many of these instances. Exactly. There's also a lot of points in the Bible where, um, and I'm, I'm having trouble recalling what they are off the top of my head, but I remember that there was somebody that had a servant that got put in the place of having his babies because the wife couldn't have babies. Mm-hmm. It might even be similar. It was Sarah and Hagar. Yeah. Which okay. I'm right. Get to in oh, just okay. A okay. Second. I'm sorry. Yeah. I apologize. Nope. You're fine. So in none of those cases that I just mentioned. Yeah. Does the text express any concern about the women themselves? Right. As you just said. Yeah. They function as pawns in larger narratives of violence. And that's how I viewed it so far. Yeah. It definitely feels that way. And that's not, it runs counter to the Song mm-hmm. of Solomon in that exactly. regard. Exactly. Exactly. So, so for, for people to try to tell me, oh, Song of Solomon presents them as equals. I'm like, but that's a lie though. It right. Might, it, it might present it that way, but they're lying and you're lying if you want me to believe that that's what those people thought back then. Right. I've right. read too much to the contrary in your own goddamn book. Yeah. Yeah. So fuck you for that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I should be happy with Song of Solomon's, but instead it has really pissed me off because it feels like such a lie and it yeah. feels like it's trying to trick me and say something that the Bible isn't saying. Yeah. 
So I'm just, I'm really offended over it. So now I want to move on to women as property. Yeah. Which you had talked about a little bit. Right. Um, with, in the case of Sarah and Hagar. Right. Um, that was back in Genesis again. Sarah brutalizes Hagar so severely that Hagar escapes while pregnant into the wilderness where her chances of survival are super slim. Yeah. Like, she's definitely going to die. Right. When she returns to Sarah, she must submit herself to further oppression. And Sarah's wrongdoing is never even acknowledged. Right. Yeah. So, well, because also slavery was an issue back then. Right. I mean, they called them servants, but let's they just be slaves. honest. They were slaves. Right. And this woman well, was forced into this position. Hagar was um, what's-his-butt's second wife because Sarah couldn't have children. Right. And so the whole But it didn't thing, start off that way. It started off as her being a servant trying to have a child with, was it Abraham? Yeah, it was I Abraham. Think, I think it was Abraham. Right. But then each of their handmaids were forced to bear his children as well. Right. Hagar was his second wife. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I got it. I, I remember that there was something along those lines, but yeah, okay. Yeah. Each All of right. their each of their handmaidens was became his concubines, basically. Right. So he traveled with a harem and a bunch of boys. Yeah, yeah. So in another case, moving forward through the Old Testament into Judges, the tribes of Israel decimate the tribe of Benjamin in civil war. You recall this? Yes. And then they were like, oh, shit, we accidentally wiped out too much of Benjamin. And now we are concerned that the tribe of Benjamin might not endure. Right. So in order to solve this problem, the soldiers of Israel conquer another region and massacre the population, with the exception of 400 virgins who are given to the warriors of the tribe of Benjamin. Mm, I remember that. Yes. And I was so fucking upset about that. Yeah. Like. It's just like, what? We just kidnapped these women and gave them to them. Right, right. What? That's just what you do. What? Right. But no, tell me more about the loveliness of the fucking maiden or bride or child in Song of Solomon. Yeah. And how women are equal. Well, and that's that's the thing is that God looked the other way apparently during all this because he seems to be like, if this is God's word, if this is the the book of the Lord and all that, and this Mm -hmm. is the way, right? Mm -hmm. God essentially condoned them murdering that other tribe, capturing the virgin women and bringing them back to the tribe of Benjamin to populate that tribe. Right. That is sex slavery. Mm -hmm. And it is completely counter to anything that was portrayed as far as love or beauty that is in song of solomon and 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 god apparently condones that you know so you can't be of both minds you can't say that this is the way that women are to be treated and then do that right or do one and then be like what women are equal right they're not they should be they should be yes but they're not right so moving forward into numbers numbers provides a jealous husband with a ritual to determine whether his wife has been unfaithful to him yeah no limitations are put upon the man he may bring his wife to the priest to endure an ordeal whenever he desires Mm. in this test the wife is required to drink poison which we read a short story about that with the the, the twins in our book club a couple weeks ago yeah and if she survives without harm to her body, she's presumed innocent. Yay! Yeah. But the violence in this case is actually integrated into a religious ritual and Jewish law. Right. Harm to the woman is actually a 
religious ritual written in law. Also distrust of the woman. Yeah. You you are to implicitly trust the male's judgment over mm-hmm. the woman's judgment every single time. Yeah. And you according should, to the you Bible. You should basically always assume that your wife's a hoe. <laughs> I mean, ain't she though? Wait, you're saying it wrong. They're a honey-lipped vixen. Well, yeah. You know, that's what they are. That was back then. Now, in the Bible. Now they're just hoes. Right. Okay. You know? Yeah. I'm not a hoe, but even <laughs> if I was, fuck you, I can be if I want right, to. Right, yeah. Is what it is. Exactly. But I would prefer that neither of us are hoes. Yeah, right. So that's Definitely. the way we choose to live. Definitely. So even the hero Esther, whom we talked about a little bit earlier, yeah. she was forcibly taken into the king's harem and treated like property. Yes, that is true. And I mean, she Whether was one she of liked God's, it or not, yeah. you know, that's beside the she point. She overcame somewhat and she was one of God's favorites, but... Right. That doesn't change the fact that she was forced into that position. Yeah. And not there because of love, not there because mm-hmm. of anything good. She you wasn't know, an equal, I could tell you that much. Yeah, no. When she was like trying to fit into the harem. Right. Fuck's right. sake. And whether it doesn't matter how much the king liked her or or for that matter how much she liked the king, she was not there by her choice. That right. was not her choice. Right. And she was trying to help her people after that. Yeah. So yeah. the whole thing. Just, right. So violence was acceptable in all these cases because women are treated as property. Right. Okay. Yep. So let's talk a little bit more about women in biblical law, which okay. we got into just a little bit. Yeah. So in Exodus, there's a death penalty that's only for female sorcerers, not men, even though both men and women practice sorcery and other forms of divination. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so definitely not equal right. and not treated the same. Right. Okay. Right. And that, again, was in law. Right. You know? Right. In Deuteronomy, if a man rapes a, wary, a married woman within a town, the woman is put to death alongside the perpetrator of the crime. She is spared only if the rape occurs out in the countryside where she cannot call out for help. I remember being upset about that. Right. And I remember saying, okay, girls, so if you are raped outside of town, the lesson here is to kill the dude that raped you and bring the body into town and say, what? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Or to, I'm sorry, to move them out of town. Yeah. If you're raped in town, move them out of town. So you'd be like, I called and called for help, but nobody could hear me. Yeah. That's how you get away with that. Right. According to Exodus, Israelite female slaves are not set free after six years of service. Unlike the male slaves. Because, you know, you got to fuck that. Right. Yeah. You you know, set the men free. Yeah, but not the women. Yeah. Women are just, you know, cattle, essentially. They are cattle even when they're not. Right. You know? Yep. So, moving forward, let's talk more about how women just in general are subordinate to men. Not equals. For sure. Okay. Not equals. All right. Okay. Yep. Now, in the creation story, Eve is created from Adam's rib, and she is given to him as a helper. Right. right? Yep. This suggests that women are not created as equals to men, but rather as their, you know, helpmates. Right. Yes. Like, bring me a sandwich. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That thing. Yep. In the story of the Garden of Eden, of course, it is Eve who is tempted by the serpent and who eats the forbidden fruit, suggesting that women are more easily tempted than men. And that they are the ones responsible for sin entering the world. Right. That's why we blame women. And that's why, you know, it's women's fault. Yeah. Those honey-lipped vixens always eating apples. Right. In numbers, a woman's vows are not valid unless they are approved by her father or husband. This suggests that women are not considered to be fully independent individuals. 
and that they are subject to the authority of men. So again, yeah, not, equals. not equals. In the laws of Moses, women are given way fewer rights than men. For example, a woman's testimony is worth only half that of a man's. Wow. And that's specifically stated in Deuteronomy. Wow. And a woman can be divorced by her husband for any reason. Wow. Yep. So not equal. Right. Yep. In Deuteronomy, again, a woman who is not a virgin on her wedding night is to be stoned to death. Jesus Christ. Right? Yeah. This suggests that women are held, obviously, to a different standard of morality than men and that they are more severely punished for their sexual, quote unquote, transgressions. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, no doubt about that. And I will leave it on that note because sexual transgressions is what this whole fucking story is about. In Song of Solomon. Yeah. So I'm just like so irate that this story is in this book. And it celebrates this. And and let's just take the let's just take Song of Solomon, you know, as it is read and say that it it is a beautiful ish poem about love and 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 the human body and Mm -hmm. and equality and in love and different things like that. There's definitely some themes in there that. That could be presented as a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. But when you compare it to how the Bible treats women up until this point, mm-hmm. you can't accept it as canon as part of the Bible because it doesn't match up with how women get treated throughout the rest of the Bible. Right. If I had read this story in a bunch of other Greek gatherings of literature, I know I've already said this, it wouldn't even be a blip on my radar. Right. It wouldn't bother me because a lot of their stories, they're male oriented, of course, but they don't usually talk about the subjugation of women. They usually talk about the adventures of men. Right. right. And the women at home waiting for them. Well, it almost feels like it was inserted in there as a way to contradict the the horrible way that women are treated in the Bible. And you say, but look at Song of Solomon. And I've They're seen this. They're I've seen equal. this when I've done some research on myself on Song of Solomon and that people are like, but love is celebrated in the Bible. But women are celebrated in the Bible. But they're not. Right. You can't take this one fucking book that says nothing about God, that says nothing about biblical law, and take this and say, no, but women are beautiful and wonderful and treated well. See, it's in Song of Solomon. They're totally no, equal. It's not even supposed to fucking be there. Right. It's bullshit. And the rest of the Bible shows that it's bullshit. Right. Exactly. So that's a great place to end this discussion in that this book doesn't fucking go there. And it is itself a a goddamn contradiction. Hey, wife, I guess that's the end. But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? 
head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.